thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of Derrida, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, March 3rd, 2019. Our text for the day comes from 2 Corinthians, the 3rd chapter, verse 12, through the 4th chapter, verse 2, which are as follows. Since then, we have such a hope, we act with great boldness. Not like Moses, who put a veil over his face to keep the people of Israel from gazing at the end of the glory that was being set aside. But their minds were hardened. Indeed, to this very day, when they hear the reading of the Old Covenant, that same veil is still there, since it only in Christ is it set aside. Indeed, to this very day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their minds. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all of us, with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. Therefore, since it is by God's mercy that we are engaged in this ministry, we have renounced the shameful things that one hides. We refuse to practice cunning or to falsify God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we commend ourselves to the conscience of everyone in the sight of God. For those of you who are visiting with us today, we are finishing the last in a New Year's worship series on hate. The title of the series is Hate, Enough is Enough. And this message, this series came about because there is so much violence in our world. And I'm not talking physical violence, although God knows there's too much of that. But the, the rhetorical, the emotional, there is nothing social about any social media these days. Friendships are being ripped apart because of political and theological views. Families are being ripped apart because we don't know how to love one another. But we, cert- we may not be sure of what we're for, but we are sure of who we are against. Is it whom or whom, Martha Lou? Whom, okay. I always got confused on that. And it's the idea that through this series we've realized that Scripture calls us to live as Christ would have us. And when we live as Christ has called us, then at least in our corner of the world, we've done our best to mitigate hatred. And today's is a very challenging text in this way. Because for so long... And this is part of why this has been a hard week for me. So often we are afraid to say what we believe because we will be labeled. We are afraid to speak how we feel because sometimes it's easier just to throw in the towel. Now there's a way to do it without being offensive, but... As Christians, we remember that the message that we present is by definition offensive because it calls us from 
a life within the world to a life in Christ. And when we try to live according to this standard, we will get beaten. We will get abused. Nowhere did Jesus tell His disciples it's going to be easy to follow Him. But He was quite clear that we are to be bold in how we live our faith. And sometimes we don't like what He has to say. And in what's known as the second letter to the Corinthians, Paul is writing about this transformation that comes when we know Christ, and we know Christ abundantly. And he's picking up in here, just before this passage, remember in any passage of Scripture you read, there's something that came before it. Read your Scriptures in context. He's talking about how the Holy Spirit is coming in glory. The more, how much more will the ministry of the Holy Spirit come in glory? He says, because if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, much more does the ministry of justification abound in glory. And then he says, since then we have such a hope, we act with great boldness. And you notice where the hope comes from. The hope doesn't come from the outcome of an election. The hope doesn't come from a pocketbook. The hope doesn't come from your status in the church. Your hope does not come from your popularity. Your hope does not come from circumstance. Indeed, as we see the first thing in our notes for today, we hope in Christ not circumstance. We hope in Christ, not in circumstance. And on this Transfiguration Sunday, we must ask ourselves, why are we so gun-shy? I think it's because on a deeply emotional level, when we strip away all of who we are, we do tie our hope to our circumstance. We do tie our hope to what, where we find ourselves. There's a reason why pity parties don't work. There's a reason why the Bible never calls us to be poor, poor, pitiful me. Some of Paul's most transformative writings come when he's in jail. And I'm not talking to three hots and a cot that we know here now. I've sat in what they believe is one of Paul's prisons that he was in. It's not much fun. And yet in the midst of all that, Paul is preaching a message of hope. Paul was being bold because his hope was found in Christ and not in circumstance. What is holding us back from proclaiming this message of hope? What is calling us away from being people whose hope is in Christ and not in circumstance? You know, he goes on, he's talking about what happened in the days of old. And then he says, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, 
there is freedom. Imagine, if you will, what it is that's eating at you or those that you love the most. Imagine what is sapping you of the joy or sapping those that you know of the joy that comes from being a child of God, loved by God, saved by Christ, redeemed by the Holy Spirit. What is keeping us there? From there. I submit to you, we must always remember that we have freedom in the presence of the Holy Spirit. We have freedom in the presence of the Holy Spirit. We live in what's known as the most free society in the world. And I'm not getting into a socio-political argument with you on this. Just go with me here. It's a rhetorical device. We live in what is known as the most free society in the world. And yet, our Constitution doesn't even go back 250 years. And the reason that's important is because for us to say freedom comes from a political entity means for the first 1,776 years of the church there was no freedom because there was no free political system. And that is contrary to the gospel. That is why Paul preaches so much about freedom in the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's because if we try to look for freedom and the acceptance of the world, if we try to look for freedom, and if only I had this, and if only I had that, if only this was different, if only they would have done this, if only they would have done that, we would have blown it. We, we would be so different. Intentionally or not, there are people that we have hurt. There are people that I have hurt. There are people that you have hurt. There are people who have hurt me. There are people who have hurt you. And we allow ourselves to get so caught up in rage and anger and bitterness rather than finding ourselves boldly living what God has called us to live. We must always, dear friends, remember we have freedom in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Paul's going through and he's saying, and all of us with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. I will give you a hint. Whenever you read a scripture, the word therefore, get ready. Get ready when you see the word therefore. I was raised in an environment where excuses were not accepted. And when Paul, when Paul starts throwing around the word, therefore, you're fixing to be taken to the rhetorical woodshed, so be ready. Either in a good way or a bad way. He says, therefore, since it is by God's mercy that we are engaged in this ministry, we do not lose heart. Notice, it is not because of a building. It is not because 
of a denominational identity. It is not because of a pastor. It is not because of a style of worship. It is not because of a kids program or a youth program. It is not because of our money. It is not because of a whole bunch of other stuff. We are engaged in this ministry by God's mercy alone. Third thing we must remember is we have purpose by God's mercy. Because God knows none of us have earned the right to participate in God's healing work. None of us have earned the right to hold up the light of Christ. None of us have earned the right to take any pride in our faith. We must remember that we have purpose by God's mercy because it is by God's mercy we are called to engage in ministry. Imagine how much different that would make our lives and our churches. How much would the hateful rhetoric be dialed down if we focused on the reality of our ministry flowing not from our own strength, not from our own whatever. But what if we lived a life as a Christian community? What if we lived as a church? What if we lived as individuals in such a way that we know we've done nothing to earn it, but it's only by God's mercy that we have the privilege and the honor of doing it? But that takes boldness. It takes boldness to acknowledge and to accept and to proclaim that we are engaged in this ministry by God's mercy. And then the fourth thing, and the last thing we're going to look at this morning. We have renounced the shameful things that, hi that one hides. We refuse to practice cunning or to falsify God's Word, but by the open statement of the truth, we commend ourselves to the conscience of everyone in the sight of God. If we're going to be bold, we have to remember that we have nothing to hide. If we're going to be bold, we have to remember that God is with us every step of the way. And in Christ, we have nothing to hide. It's by the open statement of the truth that we commend ourselves to the conscience of everyone in the sight of God. Imagine how free it would be to live in this way by the open statement of the truth. One thing that I've seen as a We've gone through these series, this series, and I want to thank all of you who have given such positive feedback about this. Is that if we're going to be who God has called us to be, we need to be sure that we live in such a way we have nothing to hide. We need to be a community that has nothing to hide. We need to be a community that operates in the open. We need to be a community that understands 
than eradicating hate. It's one person at a time. It is one step at a time. It is one word at a time. Now let us have no Pollyanna, Pollyanna misconceptions or delusions. Being in the faithful community does mean sometimes there's going to be pain and there's going to be hurt. There are going to be times where we are called to account. But there's the reality that Paul spends a whole lot of time in all of his letters exhorting those of us in the church to love one another. Not because of anything any one of us has said or done, but we do it because we proclaim Christ and Christ alone. So friends, I want to challenge you this morning. Be bold. Do not be shy about it. Do not run away from your faith. Do not say, well, I can't say anything because it will offend someone. Because, as we heard a few weeks ago, 78% of people become a part of a church. Not because of a pastor, not because of a building, and not because of a program. But they come because someone invited them. And someone invited them to experience God's grace, peace, and mercy. And when we choose to be shy about our faith, when we choose to allow ourselves to get caught up in the worldly, when we choose to allow ourselves to get caught up in the enemy, not only are we being shy about it, but we may be denying someone the opportunity to hear God's grace anew or again. So my friends, let us remember we have hope in Christ, not circumstance. We have freedom in the presence of the Holy Spirit. We have purpose by God's mercy, and we have nothing to hide. May it be so now and always. And thank you for listening to this sermon podcast. You may find out more about our ministries at fumcdirector.org.